competitions are heating up at Miami Hurricanes fall camp. Watch out for jersey number 15. Both of them on both sides of the football. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus and longtime South Florida sports radio vet. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So there's been good mojo for the jersey number 15 because both Avante Williams on the defensive side of the football and Jacoby George on offense, who wear that same jersey number, have been balling out so far. Now, keep in mind, there is a practice today, which is day five. The media was not invited for this one, so we can only talk about what's been going on days one through four. We've had a lot of standouts and a lot of competition so far. So let's bring on a colleague of mine who has been boots on the ground out there at practice, Luke Cheney, who does an awesome job covering the Canes for allhurricanes.com, uh, part of the Sports Illustrated family. Luke, how you doing, sir? I'm doing really well, man. Uh, fall camp has been super fun so far. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, and let's start with uh, on those number 15s. Let's start with the one on the offensive side of the football because on Locked On Canes, we've been talking so much about receivers lately and who's going to emerge as the top target. And it sounds to me like Jacoby George is becoming an even stronger candidate than he was already. You've described him as the smoothest of the wide receivers you've watched so far. What do you mean by that? Yeah, there's just a certain fluidity within his game that I, it, that I just see with him uh compared to the rest of the receivers uh it's just the way he moves the way he gets off his releases the way he breaks off his routes uh it's just so effortless uh effortless and um i mean it's it's really fun to watch i mean he had an amazing spring i mean like truly he had an amazing spring he took a majority of the first team reps throughout the spring um and he really started to develop that connection with tyler van dyke uh, and we see so far through the fall, I can't really speak for what happened the first two practices because I wasn't there. Uh, in that third practice, he started off with a couple drops, but he really answered uh, and finished off the rest of the media viewing portion off really well. Uh, and then the fourth practice yesterday was just phenomenal. He had a couple of really great, uh, really good catches on some passes thrown behind him. Uh, and you just see that effort, uh, effortlessness, uh, words are hard, that uh, – <laughs> That uh, I mean that he's he's just played um, so well so far, and um, he's I, I really think that he's going to probably end up being a starting Z receiver for uh, for Miami. Well, I, I I love this because we're already starting to see developments that are going a long way to answering a lot of the questions that I had before fall camp started about the wide receiver position. But I will also, as Luke knows this, I know this, you guys watching this, you're all smart Canes fans. You know this. You can't, you know, first four days of practice, a depth chart does not make. So there's a longer way to go here. Um, but also tell me about Frank Ladson, because as you noted at allhurricanes.com, Ladson is also getting a lot of starting receiver reps. How's he looked? Yeah, so, I mean, throughout the majority of spring uh, and through the majority of last season, Keyshawn Smith was that starting X receiver. I thought he had a pretty good season last year, uh, and he had a pretty okay spring. Uh, I wouldn't say he wowed, uh, but it was solid. He wasn't noticeably bad or noticeably struggled by any means. 
Um, but towards the end of spring, we did start to see Frank Ladson start to get some more of these first team reps. And that has continued on to the fall to where, at least for the media viewing portion, could be completely different when we're told to leave the field. Just want to make that clear. Uh, but for at least for the media viewing portion, he has received those first team reps over uh, Keyshawn Smith. And I, I think that his ceiling within Miami's offense could be a little higher than Keyshawn's. Although I think Keyshawn does have a higher floor, as we've already seen uh, with last season. Have we seen much? Because another receiver who's really, really popular with our audience is Romello Brinson. Uh, have we have we seen some good stuff from Mello? Yeah. So with Mello, uh, I mean, a lot of fans have to remember that you know he missed the entirety of spring. So yeah. don't pay too much attention to oh he's third team, he's this, he's that. Give it time with him. You know, let him uh, just take some time to really develop uh, and, and grow within this offense because he is super talented. I Like he he right now, or at least yesterday, he was the third team X receiver uh, behind Frank Ladson and Keyshawn Smith. Like I said, really doesn't matter that much. Uh, but from what I saw, I mean, has some similar traits uh, to that of Jacoby. Very fluid receiver. Uh, does not, not much wasted movement. Uh, good hands. And I mean, he's a guy, he's a, I think he's a dark horse candidate in that room. He's a it. guy. Yeah, no, no, I'm serious. He's a guy that I think, uh, you know, wait a couple weeks, let him, like I said, let him grow within this offense, uh, let him uh, make up for what he missed in the spring. Um, but he could be someone that whether it's in the beginning of the season or more towards the end of the season could become uh, a starting outside receiver. I really think that. And by the way, I just want to let everyone know, I cannot wait to join Luke and our other colleague Collier out at fall practices. Mm -hmm. I've been out of town, as you guys know, because my Wi-Fi in the hotel room I was in was freaking awful. So I'm, <laughs> hopefully I'm on serviceable internet now. I'm back in the 305. I'm going to be out at fall practices, taking everything in with my guys here. Uh, and everyone should check out Luke's work at allhurricanes.com. So Luke, the other guy who wears the number 15, on the defensive side of the football, he's part of maybe one of the best, if not the best safety rooms in the entire country. When we think about what Miami has with James Williams, with Cameron Kitchens and with number 15, Avante Williams, you specifically gave mention to Avante. What has stood out to you about him so far? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I will say there's question marks on Miami's defense. Those are expected. Um, but I'd have no questions regarding the safety room. They are awesome. I mean, without a doubt, the hallmark of the defense. And I mean, I really could see Avante Williams being the leader of that group. Um, like I mentioned, you know, uh, just given what the media has access to, we haven't seen him uh, in a live setting so far throughout fall camp. Uh, he was awesome in 11 on 11 work in the spring as were, uh, as was James Williams and camp kitchens. I mean, they're so talented. But anyways, uh, with Devontae Williams, so just even in drills, even in individual drills, there's just something different about him. It's just the the way the way he moves, no wasted movements. Just all, his agility, his quickness. Um, it's so precise, and I mean, he's everyone just talks about Devontae Williams being just a natural safety. He just has that natural talent that you you would like to see from him. And I mean, at least through fall camp. That's shown, and he is definitely one of the breakout candidates of this defense. I'm, I'm so excited to see how he plays this year. I mean, like he, 
we saw towards the second half of last season, uh, him really started to get comfortable. Uh, he had that game against George Tech, that one interception, that was just incredible. Um, and I, he didn't play – he did not even play a full season. You know, let's, let's see him with a full season, see how he does. But, I mean, he has all the tools, and I really think he could be in store for uh, something special this year. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line because something that, I mean, we all know they're going to be really well coached, right? Yeah. Because the crystal ball, Mirabal combo, probably the best tag team in coaching offensive lines in the entire country, especially when you have a head coach who's a former O-lineman, former O-line coach, and Mirabal is just an absolute grinder. So we know these guys are going to get at least a little bit better just based on coaching alone. And another thing that these coaches have been doing is – there's been really a lot of cross training, like a lot of rotation around that line, like guys taking reps at center who've never done that before. And, you know, to open up the season, uh, Zion Nelson is not going to be ready, we don't think, for the Bethune-Cookman game. So we may, may get a chance to see uh, John Campbell, who missed all of last year with a knee issue. Hopefully he's back better than ever. He'll could very well be the starting left tackle week one. So there's a lot of moving parts there. What stood out to you so far, Luke, about the O-line? Yeah, so uh, the one thing is, unfortunately, like the O-line, like the try, because I, I, I really want to watch trench play. I'm, I, mm -hmm. I really want to see trench play. really want to see how they develop, but they're on the complete opposite side of the field. Oh, no. It's, I know it sucks. Yeah, so it's like, so pretty much you, because they, they probably know people like you who want to watch trench play. Um, it's such a like such a niche, right? Because yeah. you know they're probably thinking the media's out here. These guys are all you know they're trying to get clicks, so they want to cover the quarterbacks and the receivers because that's what moves it. Like they don't want to watch the trench play. That's probably what they're thinking about the media. But like I mean, honestly, like th that's where the most competition is right now. Um, so I guess w what I've been able to gather so far through my, uh, my phone camera, um, from a distance away is that, uh, like you mentioned, a lot of cross training, DJ Scaife, uh, mentioned in a post media or post practice availability on Monday that, uh, I mean, he's playing everywhere. He's playing on the left side, he's playing on the right side. Uh, they're interchanging guys that left tackle position in Zion Nelson's absence. We've seen Jalen Rivers there. We've seen, uh, John Campbell there. I mean, Mario Cristobal, Miami staff, they're huge fans of Campbell. I remember he said, I think, on media day uh, or AC kickoff, one of those availabilities that he expects Campbell to become one of the best offensive linemen, in the, not, not only on the ACC, but in the country, which, I mean, is, you know, high expectations. Uh, and if Campbell can finally put it all together, that will just be huge for Miami's offensive line. Um, one thing that I did see from yesterday, uh, when I, I went back like on the two clips I was able to get from, uh, from the trenches was that Miami was really keen in on their, um, zone based blocking scheme in the run game. And like, there are certain things in football and basketball that I just, I love to watch. I love to see. And a zone based run scheme is one of those things. I mean, we see it all over the NFL right now with, you know, I mean, with the Miami Dolphins, with Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, and the uh, and the Mike Shanahan uh, coaching tree, how the the uh, the zone scheme is just taking over the NFL, and it's it's we really see it in college as well, and um, it's good to see that Miami will be implementing a lot of it within their offense. I mean, Michigan had one of the best run games in the country last year under Josh Gaddis. Uh, they had a lot of uh, outside zone, wide zone, inside zone, such a creative and fun run game. 
Uh, and I think that given Miami's personnel on the offensive line, uh, it really fits. Uh, so I'm happy to see, or I was happy to see that in practice that they're working on this. And I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch, a lot of uh, fun to watch this season. We got so much more coming on this episode of Locked on Canes. Don't go anywhere because we still have to talk about a, at least a th- I thought for a while he was in Miami target. William Foles has committed to Louisville. Is there more to that story? Plus more nuggets from fall camp. We got to talk about the quarterbacks. Right after we talk about betonline.net, I'm there every day. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. A buddy of mine told me he was on BetOnline the other day looking at all the Miami Hurricanes futures, and he's locked in the overs on everything. So thank you, BetOnline, for that. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Luke, everyone wants to know, how does Tyler Van Dyke look? I also want to know, how do Jake Garcia and Jakari Brown look? Because it's my understanding with Jakari, he's got all the physical tools. He's just kind of got a long way to go when it comes to sort of getting into the whole college mindset. So what have you seen from the quarterback room? Yeah, so to, I mean, to start off with Tyler Van Dyke, he is good. He's a good quarterback. Um, uh, but no, uh, I mean, he's, he's as good as ever. I mean, super precise, best ball placement in the room. Um, I mean, his, his deep field accuracy or his deep ball accuracy is just it's, – it's, it's insane. It's, it's really insane. I mean, just he's coming into his own. No major – I mean, I haven't learned anything else from Tyler that we didn't see throughout the entirety of the second half last season – one takeaway, actually, scratch that. One takeaway uh, for all you apparel watchers out there. He has been rocking the double long sleeve. Really? Uh, past two days, yeah. I don't know if it's something that will continue to the season, but, I mean, it's a look. Um, we'll see if that translates onto the field. Uh, so just throwing that out there. And then moving on with uh, Jake Garcia and Jakari Brown. Um, Garcia's look good. I mean – the, the the if you guys remember, I mean the the competition for you know the the backup quarterback spot in the beginning of last season was very close between Garcia and Van Dyke, so he's really not that far behind TVD, uh, and that's shown. I mean he's a very very solid quarterback. His short and intermediate uh, accuracy is very 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 good. Uh, can throw the deep ball as well. It's just a little more inconsistent when compared to uh, Van Dyke. But, I mean, yeah, if anything were to happen to Van Dyke that would force him to miss time, Miami would be in great hands with Garcia. Uh, with Shikari Brown, I mean, you mentioned his physical attributes are just off the charts. I, like, I mean, if give him another year or two in, uh, in Coach Feld's uh, strength, strength and conditioning program, and I really think he could be Miami's most physically gifted quarterback ever. Like, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. – he's, I mean, like 6'6". Six, six. It's, it's yeah. insane. Um you mentioned, I mean, he's well, he was brought in as someone that is a developmental guy. I mean, not not a day one quarterback, someone that you don't want to really see the field in his first or even second season. Someone who by, you know, maybe year three can really contend for some playing time. And I think he's really on that trajectory right now. Um, you know, we see those flashes 
especially on the on the the long ball where it's like, oh wow, like that was a phenomenal throw. He also moves very well. He's a very athletic guy. Uh, but then we see those inconsistencies. Uh, and one thing is like when he's off, when he's off target, he's like really off target, which mm-hmm. is, you know, which, which, which is fine. It's yeah. fine because he was brought in to be that guy. There are going to be some bumps in the road and that's completely fine. Um, but I mean, you will like to see, you would like to see maybe not this fall camp, but heading into spring 2023, him starts to kind of tune, uh, tune up those inconsistencies um, just a little bit. But I mean, I'm, I'm completely fine with his uh, development so far. It's funny, the, the quarterback depth down the road, it's going to be insane. Of course, assuming everybody stays and everybody stays committed. But, you know, on paper, you know, you talk about you mentioned when Jakari Brown enters year three, right? When he's entering year three, you're also going to have him competing with the likes of Jaden Rashada and Emery Williams. And that's assuming Jake Garcia, if, if he has a really good year next year, maybe Garcia might even move on to the NFL. So then year three, Jakari is going to be competing with, you know, Rashada, Emery Williams, maybe even Garcia, if he's still there, it's like, man, it's, it's just, there's just so much there, Luke. Oh yeah. No, there's so much talent. I mean, if, I mean, the, the, the depth right now is pretty good. Just wait another year or two. I mean, it's, it's 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 good. It's good. It's it's going to get better. You know, speaking of true freshmen, um, I should have brought this up when we were talking wide receivers, but I'm bringing it up now. Um, everyone is really really high on true freshman Isaiah Horton at wide receiver. Like that's a guy. I mean, I don't talk about him enough. Like we did an episode on wide receivers a couple days ago. I ran through like ten different. Well, maybe not ten, but I ran through like a half dozen guys who are candidates to be starters this year. And then people are showing up in the comments like, "Hey, how come you didn't mention Isaiah Horton? I, he's been really good so far." Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm really glad you brought up his name because coming into fall camp, it's not that I wasn't expecting anything from him, but he wasn't really one of the guys that I was watching out for. Um, and I, when I saw him run through individual drills, uh, run through routes with the QBs, I'm, I'm, I was like, wait, hold on. There's something here because we all know about his size. He's six, three, six, four, big body receiver. Uh, and I mean, he's, he's built well, he's a good frame, but he moves very, very well for his height. Uh, like, I mean, just a natural receiver, uh, smooth breaks. Uh, haven't, I have not seen him drop any passes yet, which is a plus. Um, and he's someone that I don't really expect him to receive much playing time this freshman season. Uh, that could change. I just don't expect it given that, given how many bodies are in the room. I mean, it's one of Miami's uh, deepest positions. Um, but he's someone that, you know, wait a year or two could really step up uh, into a starting role. I've loved what, I see, I've, loved what I've seen from, seen from him so far. It's been really impressive. Let's talk about true freshman running back Trevante Citizen. So the first time that I saw him in person was uh, last Tuesday in media day. And I I thought I was looking at like a 21, 22 year old. Like it's it's ridiculous. I think you saw him in person for the first time Monday when you went out to practice. Did you have the same reaction I did that it, I don't feel like I'm looking at an 18 year old? Yeah. So, I mean, I heard like, you know, in day one and day two, like people are saying, oh, this guy's yeah, I mean, like his build is incredible. He's built like an NFL back. I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, let's let's relax a little bit, you know, let's let's hold off on that. I mean, come on, let's let's not let's not overreact here. Come on, you know, whatever. So I get there on Monday, looking at the running backs, I see number six. I'm like, like, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I see it now because no, like he's legit feel like an NFL back. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. I mean, like it's, it's not that he's just big, but he's like big lean. Um, it's, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, like, like, dude, he's, it's, it's, I was just shocked. And I mean, I'm, he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be contention for some playing time. Uh, I mean, the running back room as a whole is the deepest it's been since, I mean, like, I don't know when. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, people hate it when I say this, but I think it's the deepest it's been since 2001. People yeah. hate it because, like, I'm not trying to compare the players in this room to the players in that room, at least not yet, but just depth-wise, ooh, deepest in 20 years. Exactly. I mean, like, you would want, you know, some to stand out from that room because – there's not a ton of proven production um, from those five guys, but from a pure depth standpoint, like I said, you have five guys who you can make an argument will receive 10 or more carries or touch the ball 10 times in a game, which is insane because they're not all going to receive that amount of playing time. But I'm listen, I mean like Josh Gaddis and the rest of Miami's coaching, uh, coaching staff, they have a good problem on their hands trying to, divide these carries among five really different and really talented running backs. Uh, we're going to devote this segment coming up to recruiting. So keep it locked right here. Thank you so much for making locked on canes. Your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, last night and it, it seemed to, it, it happened after I went to bed. I think I go to bed very early, but we saw like kind of quietly the verbal commitment drop from four-star wide receiver out of avant-garde in South Florida, former former Dade Christian player. That's where you, that's where we have all the tape from because he's transferring to avant-garde. But William Foles was announced as a verbal commit to the Louisville Cardinals. I woke up to that news this morning. Uh, I guess I'm just a little bit surprised that it was Louisville. I'm not surprised that it wasn't Miami because for the last couple of weeks, and he's kept moving his announcement dates back, for the last like couple weeks, the feedback I've been getting is a guy who once looked like a Miami lock very recently. It seems to me like the staff backed off a little bit on his recruitment, which kind of makes me wonder what else they may be kind of hiding up their sleeve at wide receiver. But uh, let's start with the Foles part of it, Luke, because and I like this player a lot. Um, you know, because he he's big and he's got really good hands. Uh, I, I think Miami needs to bring in someone with that sort of six four size into this class. I get the sense that, and I don't, you know, no disrespect to Louisville because he may end up being great there. Uh, I just get the sense that that's really not where he wanted to go, and a lot of that is based on his his own tweets, right? About how people are going to miss out on me is what he's tweeting out. So it, it doesn't make it seem like that's the place he wanted to land. I think he wanted to come to Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the vibe that I think we've all been getting. That I mean, if and listen, it's not confirmed. It's whatever. It's just purely speculation. But if Miami gave the green light, a lot of people think that's where William Foles would be. Yeah. Um, and listen, he's, he's a, I think he's a fantastic receiver. Uh, as you mentioned, he kind of fits the mold of uh, a wide out that Miami doesn't really have much of. Um, but I think for at least, um, through my, through Miami's point of view, um, they aren't looking to really take many more receivers in this 2023 cycle. 
Uh, I would say two maximum, maybe they only even take one. And that's kind of just in preparation for the monstrosity of a wide receiver class that 2024 is with, you yeah. know, Ryan Ringo, uh, Jojo Trader and Jer- Jeremiah Smith. I mean, like those are three guys that Miami's talking to right now uh, that are all top 10 in their class uh, for 2024. So I think that's the year when Miami goes all in on uh, the wide receiver position. And they're really just kind of uh, looking for the high-end talent to kind of round out their uh, 2023 class right now. Um, and, I mean, we have heard guys, you know, connected with uh, Miami. Uh, there's Oregon commit Jorion Dickey, who there's been some buzz regarding Miami in that name. Uh, you know, nothing official, nothing whatever, but there's just – there's buzz. There's there's smoke. And, well, and he was at the cookout, which is – it's definitely something. Like, people tried to say, no, it's nothing. But, no, it's definitely something that he was at the cookout. Yeah, like, there's smoke. There's whatever. You know, it's definitely just a situation to monitor in the next few months. Uh, Miami is still pushing for, uh, for Andy Jean, uh, who they really like. And I mean, even even Andy said at the uh, the Miami date uh, media day a few days ago that, you know, if Miami wants him on an, an, official, an official visit throughout the season, he's probably going to take it. So Gene hasn't necessarily shut down his recruitment. And I think Miami is going to continue to push for him over the next few months. Um, it's still relatively early. I mean, like it's listen. What Mario did at the end of the 2022 class uh, with it, like in what, like two, three months was insane. Uh, So, I mean, given that he did that, there's plenty of time uh, for, you know, Mario and the rest of Miami staff to do their thing uh, and to really continue pushing for Gene. But in regard to Foles, though, I mean, I'm sure Miami staff likes him. Um, I mean, like like I said, bigger body receiver. Uh, He's a dog. Uh, in that sense, um, and uh, I think he'd be a really terrific wideout to add, wideout to add. And uh, it, let's say if Miami aren't able to commit, uh, aren't able to flip Dickey, they're not able to flip Gene. I could really see them, you know, recircling things with uh, with Foles and kind of seeing where he's at. So uh, I, I don't think it's one hundred percent certainty that Foles ends up at Louisville. So. We'll see how that uh, that situation plays out in the next few months. I think what you said about possibly not having the green light, I think that's the perfect way to say it, right? And and I, you know, this is just the reality that we, and it's a good thing, guys, that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to either turn certain players away or just say, we can't guarantee you anything right now. And then maybe they get impatient, want to commit somewhere else. That's what happens when you've got a team that, a lot of people want to play for and you've got a a staff that can recruit like this that you can't just give everybody the green light right away uh because you know all the names you mentioned Miami is still in play for including Dickey um I'm not expecting Hakeem Williams but Miami is still in play there and he is going to be announcing uh about a month and a half from now on September 23rd so that's another one to keep an eye on at wide receiver and I thought Luke said it best that since the 2024 class is so deep you always have to be thinking four dimensionally right to you know you're gonna have to have receiver receiver spots open for next year as well so i like that a lot and i thank you for taking the time everyone follow luke on twitter at luke underscore cheney four are you related to don cheney uh to my knowledge i am not but uh (laughs) funny enough he's like the only um the only like last name cheney that i've like i I don't know i haven't met many other like cheneys 
in my life. So it's and, like, and it's spelled the same way, right? Because I, I think I've, I may have seen that name spelled a couple different ways, but the two of you have it spelled with with the 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 N E Y. That that's uh, so so that's why you know check check ancestry.com. There may be there may be a common ancestor there somewhere. Uh, right. Yeah, and, and check out Luke's work at allhurricanes.com. Luke Cheney, thank you so much for dropping in, sir. I'll, I'll see you out there in a couple days. Thank you, man. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's have fun at the next fall practice. I love it. Hey, guys, make sure you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the conference in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.